can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. So as we've come gathered to hear from the Spirit of God your word, I step back so the Spirit of God can minister to your people. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of this word today. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last Sunday, I started a new series entitled Maximizing Your Faith. Everybody say, Maximizing Your Faith. And the whole purpose of the series is to help you understand what faith is, help you understand the power of faith, and finally, to teach you how to use your faith. Now, I want to encourage you up front, I said this on last week, to not miss any of the teachings for two reasons. The first reason is I'm going to be teaching faith on a systematic level. Everybody say systematic. And this is important because as you teach something systematic, if you miss a lesson or two, then it can fracture your understanding about faith. And then the second reason I want you to come is, is although you can listen to the CD, you can listen to the podcast, or you can go online and watch it on YouTube, when the Spirit of God is moving and the Spirit of faith is in the house, nothing can replace that. Amen. Now, I gave a disclaimer on last week. I'm going to give you that disclaimer again this week, and that is I'm going to be using a lot of Scripture Just touch your neighbor and say he's going to use a lot of scripture. But I should use a lot of scripture because this is a church. Amen. So if you're taking notes today, our lesson title is Maximizing Your Believing. Maximizing Your Believing. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find John chapter 20. We're going to look in verse 19. John 20, 19. And then we're going to go over to Mark chapter 11, verses 12. That was John chapter 20, verse 19, and then Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And as I said earlier, I believe this is probably one of the most important messages I've ever done as a pastor. Now, last week, we we had several observations that I made regarding faith. The first observation was found in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And it said that if you have faith, nothing shall be impossible with you. I love 1 John chapter 5. It says, For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that we have. Watch this. That whatever, uh, verse 5 says, That whosoever overcomes the world is those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it is our faith in Jesus Christ that helps us to overcome the world and provides us with victory in life. Now, we've learned last week that every believer was giving faith by God. Just look at your neighbor and say, you have faith. 
And I believe one of the things that we cleared up on last week is that some of us probably thought before last week that God has given us our faith just to have a good life. And even though that is part of the reason why God has given us faith, the main reason that God has given us faith is so we could please him. Amen. Hebrews eleven six says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you and I have faith to please God. Last week, we also discovered or observed that faith is a two-sided coin. I said that on both sides of faith, you have action or works, and then we have believing. And so the other side of faith, which is believing, is what we're going to focus on this morning. Now, before I go there, we're going to be, I want to explain or go back so we can look at the cornerstone of our lesson last week. Last week, we learned that there are four things that must stay active on a regular. Everybody say, on a regular. Now, just look at your neighbor and say, are you regular? (laughs) There are four things that we must do. For our faith to stay active on a regular basis. The first one is we must have works. Now, most of us know that one. James 2.20 says, faith without works is what? Dead. So we know that. uh, Mark chapter 2 verse 5, Jesus saw the people who was letting the man down on the bed through the roof. And it says he saw their faith. Now, here's number two. You must hear the word to get pregnant with the word. You must hear the word to get pregnant in the word. In other words, you must hear the word on a regular basis. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So watch this now. Is faith in your life coming or going? Notice it says, faith cometh by hearing. So guess what? Here's the question. Is faith coming in your life or is it going? It's only coming if you're hearing it. It's going if you're not. Amen. So we must have works. We must hear the word on a regular basis. And then here's number three. We must speak faith-filled words. Romans 10, 17 says again. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if the word is being heard, that means someone should be speaking it. And so why just let the, the pastor be the one speaking it? It becomes rhema to you when you speak it. Amen. And uh, this past week, there was a storm that took place. And uh, uh, I was actually in a meeting with Pastor Polo and uh, uh, Shonda. And our lights ended up uh, going off at the house because uh, we were meeting at my house. And the lights went out. And I didn't have a problem with that. It was still daytime. We could see everything. And... Uh, so I didn't really pay attention to it until after a while. You know, how many know the air is not going to work? So uh, really didn't pay it any mind. Pastor Polo leaves the house and we're in a, uh, our home is in a, uh, our neighborhood is in a gated community and he couldn't get out. So he called me, he says, Pastor, the gate won't open. And I thought, man, the lights are out. So I said, well, i tell you what, I have a button that they gave me. I'll come and open it. But then it dawned on me, I don't want to go and do that. My light should be on. So I declared by faith, I said, in Jesus' name, I don't care if nobody lights in my neighborhood come on, I won't mind to come on in Jesus' name. Then I realized how selfish that declaration was. And I decided to allow everybody else in my neighborhood to get blessed. 
And so right there in front of Landon, I said, I declare for my lights in my house and in my neighborhood to come on in Jesus' name. And in two seconds, the lights came on. And it was an opportunity for me to share with Landon. Landon, whatever you want in life, you have to say it before you see it. So you must declare or must speak faith-filled words. And here's the last one that we are going to talk about today. You must believe the word for the word to work in your life. You must believe the word. So if you weren't here on last week, if you'll keep those four things constantly working in your life, faith will work. Amen. So this is where we're going to begin today. The New Testament defines the word believe to mean to commit and to put your trust in. The Bible or the dictionary defines the word believe as to be persuaded in something or to put your confidence in the truth. I like that. But I've come up with my own definition and this is what it means. Believing takes place when a person becomes convinced. Everybody say convinced. When a person becomes convinced that what they have seen, what they have heard, and what they have experienced is true to them. I'm going to say that again. My definition for the word believe is believing takes place when a person becomes convinced that what they have seen, what they have heard, or what they have experienced is true and real. That's why I should not be able to talk you out of your name. Because someone gave you your name. I'm not sure who gave it to you. But whoever gave it to you said it enough to you that you are convinced that your name is what it is. If I can convince you that your name is not your name, you need some help. Now let's look in John chapter 20. John chapter 20, look in verse 19. Now, I'm about to say something right now that can change your life. Look at your neighbor and say, if you go to napping, he's going to go to slapping. I'm about to say something that can change your life right now. I believe the biggest mistake that believers make when it comes to believing is when we make it about how we feel instead of making believing out of our will. I'm going to say it again. The biggest mistake that I believe as believers that we make is that we make believing about how we feel instead of make believing about our will. John chapter 20 verse 19, I'm going to prove this point to you because most people never can get their believing on track because it's all wrapped up in how they feel. It says in verse 19, then the same evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled because they were fearful of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them. His hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again. Peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. How many know there's always always somebody late? Now just look at your neighbor and say, were you late for church today? Go on and ask him. 
Thomas, one of the twelve, was not there when Jesus came. Watch this now. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. Read this with me. I will not believe. I'm going to say that again. I will not believe. Here's one of the most classic mistakes that most people make. They allow their believing to be controlled by how they feel or what they can touch or what they can see instead of making believing about their will. Thomas could have said, I will to believe. But he said, I will not believe. And when you will to do something, you learn how to bypass how you feel because you've decided to do what you're going to do because you're going to do it. Now, see, most of us know how to will to do something. How many have got up in the morning one morning and you didn't want to go to work? Let me see your hand. If you ain't raising it, you're lying. You woke up, I mean, wasn't nothing wrong. You wasn't sick. Didn't have no nothing, no headache, no nothing. You just didn't feel like going to work. But because there are some benefits to going to work called a check. Listen, you bypassed how you felt. You put your will in action and you decided to go to work anyway. Well, listen, if we can will to go to work, we ought to be able to will to believe. And here's the thing, because this is good. See, there's a difference. There are two types of believing that we read in that in that context of Scripture. The first one was what I call carnal believing. And the second way you and I believe is biblical believing. And see, carnal or worldly believing says what Thomas said. I'll only believe it if I could touch it or if I could feel it. Biblical believing is we, we are convinced that God... And what he has said, we choose to believe it regardless of how we feel. And here's the thing. You and I have already learned how to believe God's way. How many in here are saved? If you know you died today, you go to heaven. Let me see your hand. All right. So how can you just know that you're saved? You've never been to heaven. You've never seen heaven. So how do you know you're going to heaven? Because you just applied Romans chapter 10 verse 17. You confess with your mouth and then you did what? Believed in your heart. So we already know how to believe God's way. So listen, the second biggest obstacle I believe in believing that most of us have is that we have very low integrity in, uh, in what we believe that we say. And here's the problem when it comes to believing. See, the principle, everybody say the principle. The principle of believing involves not just you believing what God says, but the principle of believing also includes what you believe about what you say. Now, let me break this down for you. Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to repeat what I just said. Mark 11, we're going to go to verse 12. The second biggest obstacle in believing is that you and I, a lot of times, have very low integrity to believe what we say. In other words, our own words tend to not mean too much. And that's a problem because if you're going to believe God's way, 
You can't just believe what God says. You have to line your words up to, to start believing what you say. And if you once you decide to believe everything you say, you will stop saying crazy stuff. Mark 11, look at this. Look at verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus, watch this now, answered and said unto what? Okay, here's my question. Who was Jesus answering? He was answering, let me read it again. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, Jesus came to see if he could find anything thereon. And when he came to it, what is it, y'all? It is the tree. He found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto what? The tree. Now I want you to highlight Or if you have a physical Bible, underline this phrase and Jesus answered and said unto it because it's going to be very important later on in the lesson. Watch what he says to the tree. No man eat fruit of you hereafter for how long? Forever. Read this part with me. And his disciples, he didn't mumble it to himself. He didn't think it to himself. He declared it out loud to the point of the people around him heard what he said. So you can write this down if you'd like as a principle. Notice that there had to be verbalization before there was visualization. Notice there had to be verbalization before there was visualization. Watch verse 21. And Peter calling to remember said unto him, Master, behold, this is in verse 21, The fig tree which you curse is withered away. Here's that phrase. And Jesus answering said unto who? And Jesus answering said unto who? Now remember the phrase I asked you to remember? That phrase was, and Jesus answering and said unto what? It. Now he's saying, and Jesus answering and said unto who? Who is he talking to? The disciples. So here's my question. Did what Jesus say to the tree happen? So that means Jesus has what he says. Now, if Jesus said what he said to the the tree and it took place, then whatever Jesus is about to say to these disciples is going to come to pass because he's going to have what he said to them just like he had what he said to the tree. Amen. Now, let me remind you that what he said to the tree lasted forever. That means who he's about to answer right now, which is the disciples, whatever he's about to say to them, watch this now, is a permanent principle. You say, well, pastor, how can you establish that? Write down Luke chapter 21, verse 33. This is what Jesus said. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That means when Jesus says something, it has a permanent effect. When Jesus says something, it has an eternal impact 
on whoever he's talking to. So now watch this. Verse 23. He's talking to the disciples. For verily I say unto you. Well, let's see what permanent effect he's going to have on them. That whosoever. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Things have changed. Because he was talking to the disciples. But then he said, now whosoever. So now he's not just talking to the disciples. Now whatever he's about to say is going to be said. And whoever he's saying it to is going to have it for the rest of their life if they can believe it. He said, whosoever. Don't touch your neighbor and say, I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, watch this now, that those things which he say shall come to pass, he or she will have whatsoever he said. Therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Now let me repeat something that I said just a few minutes ago. Because it's very powerful. I said the second biggest obstacle in believing is that we have very low integrity to believe what we say. That's either positive or biblical. And the problem with that is the believing principle again is not just you believing what God says. You have to believe what you say. Let's go back to Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Let me point it out. He said, but verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Watch this now. But shall believe that those things which God said. Is that what he say? No, he said, but shall believe that those things which he said. So if you and I do not develop integrity with what we say with our own words, I believe it will not work. And see, look, you could say to the mountain all day, but if you have a fracture of character or integrity with your own words, it ain't going to work. See, that's why I'm very careful in what I say. That's why I knew that those lights were going to come back on because I believe what I say. Amen. When you learn that, you'll watch what you say to your kids. When you learn that, you'll watch what you say to your spouse. When you learn that, you'll watch what you say on your job. Notice it says to believe the things which you say. Now, here's a sobering thought. Everybody say sobering thought. If Jesus tells us to believe the things which we say, then it's probably possible to believe the, to not believe the things we say. Amen. And because we live in a voice-activated universe, it is designed, this universe is designed to provide you and I with our heart's desire that is activated by the fruit of our words. He said, let there be light. That was a permanent principle. You're going to have what you say. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Our salvation process proves this. It says confess with your mouth and then what? Believe in your heart. So the process of believing starts when you say something or when you pray something. Because he said, you know what, things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. And before that he says say. But here's the principle. Believing is activated when I say or pray. And that's how this dynamic of believing takes place. The power of believing is not just, listen, it's not just based on what is said. 
and not even who says it. Believing in the power of it is based on how you and I decide to hear what we receive. See, God can say it, but until you believe it, it ain't no good. So believing, it's the dynamic of, and I'm going to show you at the end how to activate this thing. Now notice that Jesus said what he desired to see happen, and his disciples heard it. Notice, notice that when he spoke to the tree, it happened. But it's obvious they didn't believe what he said about the tree. Let me remind you, because had they believed it, they would have just walked right by the tree the second time and not have been shocked about it. So now we're going to read verse 21 in Mark 11. And Peter calling to remember said unto him, now I'm going to act this out because this is how I think they did it. Master, that tree is withered away. You know why he was shocked and they were shocked? Because they didn't believe it when Jesus said it. Jesus would have walked right by that tree. Because see, when Jesus spoke to it, he knew it was doomed. But because they didn't believe what he said, they didn't believe it till they saw it. And see, that's the problem with most people. Most people want to see it and then believe it. That's not how it works. You got to say it and then you will see it. Amen. What the disciples didn't realize at the moment was that Jesus had spoken an internal principle to them and for them to always function in it if they believed in it. And I love the fact that he said, whosoever shall say to the mountain. So let's apply this because I'm almost done. Touch your neighbor and say he's almost done. Let's apply this. So there are three things and I've changed one of the words so you can remember it. For you to have your believing in motion all the time, you need to think of the word dap. Now, if you old school and you over 40, this is what dap means to you. That's dap. Okay? If you are under 40, this is that dap, you know, that. I did it my way. So I'm not promoting certain people. You know. (laughs) Okay, so there are three things to keep, to, to watch this, to activate believing. Here's the first one, is discern. Everybody say discern. Discern when something is heard or said or thought and make sure it lines up with God's truth and your desire. When you hear something, when your mind thinks something, when someone says something, you need to discern whether that's truth or not. If it's truth, I'm going to swallow it. If it ain't truth, I'm not swallowing it. Everybody say discern. Here's the second one, is accept. You're going to consciously accept what has been said as truth to you. Believing is active. It's not subtle. It must be done purposely. So when I hear something, I'm I'm getting ready to tell you something. This is why you're going to need to activate this. When I hear something, I need to consciously now accept that as truth. Here's number three. And this is the word profess. Which means also to confess or declare. You need to begin to declare that that truth with your words so that your believing is solidified. So when you hear something, I say, I believe that and I receive that in Jesus' name. Now, there's something that happened to me recently that is happening to me right now. That is going to happen for those of you in this room if you believe it. Two weeks ago. 
I was in a meeting with my pastor, though some of you came. It was on a Tuesday. He preached the word. And this is why you have to always hear the word because you never know when your spirit's going to get pregnant. Never know when you're going to get pregnant. So I'm sitting in the meeting. The word was good. Sow the seed like I always do. Thursday, I'm in my house walking. And all of a sudden, I feel the shift on the inside of me. Now, this has never happened to me before. So it's not like this shift that I'm feeling is something that I can relate to. It's never happened. But a shift on the inside took place of me. It felt physical even though I knew it wasn't. It was spiritual, but it was strong. It was so strong because remember now, I have to apply the process to believe for this thing to be activated in my life. So I discerned that that shift took place, that that took place. I knew it was God. To the point that I looked at Pastor Sarah, I said, babe, a shift had just come for us. I said, it's going to happen to us personally. And I said, and then it's going to flow down to our church. I said, the best way I can describe this, babe, is that God has leaned in our direction. That was on a Thursday. Saturday, we have our church tour. One of our members comes and puts $200 in my hand and said, Pastor, thank you so much for being good ground. I said, praise the Lord, good. And I ain't telling you that for this. I'm just telling you the story. Sunday, a, a, a lady came and put $200 in Pastor Cyrus' hand. She told me about it. I said, praise the Lord, because a shift has taken place. So Monday morning, I went by the office, which I very seldom do, and I saw Pastor Jason and Pastor Che. They are witnesses to what I'm about to say. Because I knew that shift was real, I said to them, I said, hey, guys, there's a shift that has happened to me and my family that I know is supposed to flood over into the church. So I explained. I saw Pastor Sarah. I said to her, babe, a shift is taking place. And I said, guys, the best way I can explain this is that God is leaning in my direction. I said, but what's going to happen is God's going to lean in our church's direction because the anointing that's on the head has to come down to the body. I said, but I'm not going to teach it to the church. I'm not even going to say nothing to the church until I see manifestation myself. See, because some of y'all need manifestation to believe what I'm telling you right now. So I left. Ten minutes later, I get a call from Pastor Che. I said, hello. He said, Pastor, uh, can you come back to see me? He says, and when you come, I need to sit down to show you something. I said, that's odd. Why, does I need, why do I need to sit down? Why couldn't he have shown me 10 minutes ago? Because he hadn't seen it 10 minutes ago. So I go in the office. I sit down at this table. And Pastor Che slides an offering envelope to me and says, Pastor, God has leaned in your direction. Somebody wrote Pastor Eben personally a $10,000 check. Now listen. I'm saying, church, God is leaning in your direction. Listen, the same day. Everybody say the same day. How many know pastor's a business person? I'm a business person. A few years ago, my wife and I, we know, we, we invested in some real estate. And the same day, I got a phone call saying, Pastor... Your investment has come in. It was six figures. 
Church, God is leaning in our direction. And I don't just want you to see it in the little things. There were some shoes I wanted. As a matter of fact, I got them on right now. There were some shoes. I started looking for these shoes last year. I looked everywhere. I looked around the world. This brand maker stopped making this shoe. And when they stopped making it, they didn't have my size nowhere in the world. Why is it that Monday I'm at a store and I see the shoe again? I said, uh, do y'all have that in 11 and a half? They said, well, let me check. They say, another store in a different state does. They said, all you have to do is order it. Why is it that they started making the shoe all of a sudden? I got a text message on Friday that Pastor Joel, how many know Pastor Joel Osteen is one of the biggest pastors out there? I got an invitation to do a live Facebook with him that reaches over 20 million people. Church, listen to what I say. And I'm going to help you to believe this because I'm telling you without a doubt, I would not be telling you this story or I would not be letting you know that a shift is coming in your life if I didn't know manifestation was coming. So I want you to stand up right now. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. I am declaring for the shift that has taken place in my life to start in your life today. Say, I received that. Because what happens to the head must happen to the body. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that God is leaning in your direction. Say, I received that. And because he is leaning, settlements are being settled. Say, I received that. Past due monies are now being released. Say, I received that. Unscheduled bonuses, unscheduled raises, unscheduled promotions, unscheduled positions are coming my way. Say, I received that. Favorable opportunities are coming your way. Contracts will be awarded that will be worth hundreds, thousands, and even millions in Jesus' name. Say, I receive that. I declare that suddenlies will be activated in your life today. Say, I receive that. Money will suddenly come. Blessings will suddenly flow. Favor and prosperity will suddenly flood your life. Say, I receive that. Say, my health. It's suddenly changing for the best in Jesus' name. I declare because God has started a shift over you that ease is coming. What was hard will now be easy. Where there was shortage, overflow has come. And what the enemy has meant for bad, a shift for good has come in Jesus' name. Say, I received that. Come on, give him a praise for it. Give him a praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I have done my part. Spirit of God, thank you for doing your part. Thank you that the work that you've started, you're faithful to complete. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what God just told me. 
He said, life like we used to knew it won't be life like that no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you die today, my question is, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not sure you go to heaven, God wants you to be.